Hebrews 12, uh, verses 18 to 24. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word for the blood than the blood of Abel. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. What a privilege to be here once again, and um, welcome to, to all those who are here for the first time. It's a, it's, a, it's a privilege to have you here, and we are praying that the Lord will give us opportunities uh, to, to get uh, connected and to, to know you a little bit better. So with that, let's start with a, an opening prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, this is your word. You gave it for our edification. You gave it for our correction. You gave it for our training in righteousness. You gave it to understand the way of salvation, which is through Jesus by faith. By your spirit, make your word do all these things. By faith, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, our passage for this morning has many important spiritual lessons. But our focus today is very simple, yet crucial for our spiritual journey. In our passage, there is a contrast between the old way people came close to God, the old covenant represented by Moses, and is the new way people now come to God, which is the new covenant represented by Jesus. This contrast is illustrated by two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. One is represented by Moses and Mount Zion is represented by Jesus. But this contrast, this comparison is not new to us, right? Because we have seen it through all the entire book of Hebrews. If you remember in the opening verses of Hebrews, in the first chapter, Jesus is contrasted with the prophet and is shown as superior to the prophets. 
Then in the same chapter, Jesus is compared to the angels, and it says then the angels are not superior to Jesus. The angels are servants of Jesus. Then in chapter 3 and chapter 4, Hebrews present Jesus as superior to Moses and Joshua. In Hebrews chapter 5, we see in Hebrews chapter 5 to chapter 9, we see that Jesus is contrasted between Jesus and the Aaron priesthood. And then we go to Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, and Jesus is presented as a better high priest because he offered one sacrifice, his own life, and he enters into the presence of God, not with the blood of animals, but with his own blood. And he enters not once a year like the old priest, but once and for all. And therefore, at the end, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is a better mediator, Jesus is a better sacrifice, and Jesus is a better high priest. Hebrews tells us that he, Jesus, has assured us better blessings, a better hope, and a better country to which we already belong when we believed in Jesus. So then, we are coming to the end of the book of Hebrews. When we come to Hebrews chapter 11, the inspired writer presents us with a list of people. And we call them the heroes of faith. And if you go to chapter 11, and you read with me verses 13, if you need Bibles, we have some Bibles, are the blue ones that we have in the table at the back of the church. If you need a Bible, you can go and grab one, and you can follow with me while we are reading the Scriptures. So if we read verse 13, when he is describing these heroes of faith, it says in verse 13, all die in faith not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that there were strangers and exiles on the earth they the heroes of faith all believe in the better mediator, which is Jesus. They believe in the better blessings that we obtain because of Jesus. They believe in the better hope and the better country that was promised to them. But here we are now in chapter 12. After saying all what we have said, we come to chapter 12. And look with me closer to chapter 11. Verse 12 starts 
in this way. Therefore, 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 run with your eyes fixed on Jesus. Do not attempt to gain God's favor by your own effort. Therefore, run with your eyes fixed on Jesus. In verse 3, we have this invitation. Consider Jesus. And it says, who suffered at the cross, leaving you an example of obedience, even in the worst of sufferings. And getting close to the end, it says, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged when God, your loving Father, disciplines you. For he does it so that you may share his holiness. What he is doing is preparing you for the city where you belong. But in verse 17 says, be careful. Be careful not to live just for the moment. Or just live in the now. Be careful not to live for immediate gratification like Isa, who sold his birthright, his future blessing, his hope. He sold it for a meal. So you don't do that. Don't live for the moment. Don't live for the things that you can see. Live like these heroes of faith. They live greeting, saying hello to the things that God has promised. They lived with their eyes on Jesus. The better hope, the better promise is not for the things that you have now or that you want now. And the recipients of this letter were at the same, at the same crossroad, like Isa. They were torn between living with their eyes on the eternal promises of Jesus or returning to the old tradition that was based on human effort. They were in the same crossroad. And the way that the writer illustrates this is with two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. So let's go and see the first one. Let's go and read again chapter 12. If you open your Bible with me and you go to chapter 12, verses 18, we are going to read verses 18 to 21. And it says there, verse 18, For you have not come to what may be touched. A blazing fire, a darkness and gloom and a tempest 
Verse 19, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. Verse 20, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. In verse 21, indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses, Moses said, I tremble with fear. So what is, what is he trying to, to tell us here? Well, he's telling the story of the people of Israel. Remember, when God rescued them from Egypt, he brought them out of Egypt and brought them to the desert. And in the desert, they was, there was this mountain, Mount Sinai. And God told Moses, get ready. I'm going to meet you, and I'm going to meet the people of Israel. So, let's go to Exodus chapter 19. If you go with me to Exodus chapter 19, we are going to read a little bit about this experience. Hebrews 19, no, 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 no. Exodus chapter 19. And if you go to verses 16 to 19, you can see the sight that he, they experience there on that mountain. Verse 16 says, The morning when God told them to get together that he was going to meet them, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Verse 17. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Verse 18. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. Not just the people, not just Moses. The whole mountain in my, my mind came those who have seen the movie The Lord of the Ring. If you remember, there is a mountain there, Mordor. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there. It's similar what he, he is describing here. And verse 19 says, And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. Coming before God in the old covenant under Moses was not a safe business. 
And it was always a terrifying experience. This description reminds us of God's majestic and awesome presence on the mountain. And at the same time, it reminds us of the mystery of God. He remains hidden from the people, not because God is dark or evil, but because people are in darkness and in sin. And because of that, they cannot get close to God. Nobody with sin can approach an infinitely holy, holy, holy God unless sin is taken away. So if you wanted to receive an invitation from God to come to that mountain, this would be the, 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 the letter at the top. Come at your own risk. Even Moses, the mediator, says, I tremble with fear. But notice how this verse started, verse 18. What the writer is telling the people, the Hebrew, the Jewish Christian, is this. Brothers, but you have not come to Mount Sinai. And then he jumped and go to verses 22 to 24. You have believed in Jesus. You have take you have take Jesus as the righteousness of God. And you have covered yourself with God's righteousness through Jesus. So, therefore, he goes and says in verse 22 to 24, this is the second mountain, Mount Zion. And if you go and we read now Hebrews chapter 18, no, 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 chapter 18 doesn't exist. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 to 24, it says, but you have not come to Mount Sinai. And verse 22 says, but you have come to Mount Sion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering. Verse 23 continues the description, and you have come to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous made perfect. And verse 24, and you have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood 
of Abel. You see what the, the writer is doing here. But you have come to Mount Zion to come, to draw close, to draw near has been the constant theme of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near, come close to the throne of God, to the throne of grace, that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. What a contrast, eh? You have not come to that mountain when everything was trembled, but you have come to the throne of grace. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Jesus. To draw near to God through Jesus. And then Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and can you imagine the Jewish Christians hearing you come close to God and in their minds they will remember what happened in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus this writer is crazy he's telling us to come to come near to God and what I remember is if I come near to God I will be pulverized but he's telling us telling them draw near with a true heart in full confidence and I know that all of us know these verses but I just want to point out something very important here you and I have an, in, an incredible opportunity to come close to God through Jesus without the fear and terror, and terror people had back at Mount Sinai. We draw near to God in a relationship of love. Do you remember chapter 12 in verses 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 says that we have a loving Father. That we are sons and daughters of a loving Father who is taking care of all of us. We are not anymore enemies or we are not anymore strangers. We are sons and daughters. We draw near to God in a relationship of love. And then in verses 22 of our reading this morning to verses 24, there, is, there are seven descriptions of all the things we enjoy in our love relationship with God. 
Seven benefits that you are promised to receive when you come to God in, in this loving relationship. Number one, it says in verse 22, the first part, we have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. The writer is not talking about a literal place on Mount Zion or in Jerusalem because we can go now, if you can, you can go now and you can see that mountain, Mount Zion, and you will see there the city of Jerusalem. But he's not talking about that physical place because that is, an, that is a place that you can touch. He is talking about a city that is the new Jerusalem. This means we can look through the eyes of faith at our new citizenship. Although we cannot see the city, we already have our passports that proves that we belong to the celestial city, to the new Jerusalem. That's the first thing that you have come Close. That's one of the benefits that you have received when you come close in full confidence in assurance of your heavenly Father. Number two, we have come to innumerable angels in festal gathering. There are thousands upon thousands of angels gathering to celebrate. And I can imagine the angels looking at us in amazement because weak creatures have been forgiven, have received this new citizenship and are welcome to come near to God. That is a true spectacle for the angels. Because the angels, when they are in the presence of God, they cover their face, they cover their body, and they cover their feet. And they say, and God is telling them to come close in full assurance and confidence and in confidence. That's a spectacle. Number three, we have come. Verse 23, the first part says, we have come to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. We are the redeemed, described in Revelation chapter 13. Our names have been written in heaven. We are enrolled, dear brother and sister. It's like when you are enrolled in a university. The semester hasn't started yet, so you are waiting. But your name is already in their system. You have reserved a seat 
when you get there. And that is what the, the, the writer is telling us. You are enrolled. Your name is on the list. When you get to the gate, they are going to be saying, Marvin Alarcón. Can you imagine that? To find my name in that book. That's a... I don't know. That's more than what I need. I have a reserved seat in that place. Number four. Verse 23b says, We have come to God, the judge of all. Do you know what this mean, means? It means God passes judgments on everyone. And no one escapes from that. But God's judgment passes over those who believe in the name of Jesus. God is going to bring judgment to all of us. But when, when he sees you, he passes over. Because you are covered by the righteousness of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's why I love Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't want to be out. You want to be in Jesus. So God passes over. God passes over. Number five. Verse 23, the, the, the third part there in that verse says, we have come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. I don't know about you, but when I see myself in the mirror... No, no, I'm not talking about my imperfections, but I'm talking about all my imperfections. All the times that I failed. All the things that I do wrong. And then he says, dear brother and sister, one day we will come into the presence of the saints who have already experienced perfection and glory. And one day, you and I, we will be one of them. That is something else. Perfection made perfect. Righteous made perfect. Number six. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. 
We are not coming to another person who is, who, who is imperfect like us. We are not coming to another person who has been forgiven like us. And we do not come to Moses or to Abraham. We are not coming to Mary or we are not coming to Paul. We are not coming to Saint Peter. We are coming to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The one who started our salvation and the one who will complete it. He who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the end. You have come to Jesus who will take you all the way, heaven. Last, at the end of verse 24, it says something strange. But says, and we have come to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What is this? Well, the blood of Abel after his death, after he was killed by his brother Cain, cries out for vengeance and justice. You remember when God came to Cain and said, where is your brother? I don't care. And God told him about your, the blood of your brother is asking for vengeance and justice. But he, he's talking about another blood that was shed. But the blood of Jesus is better than the blood of Abel because the blood of Jesus cries not for vengeance or justice but cries for mercy the blood of Jesus cries for reconciliation and the blood of Jesus cries for peace between God and us we have come to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. A better word is mercy, God. My blood was shed for them. So then we can come close to God in full confidence and full assurance. What a beautiful way to finish this passage there, eh? The invitation, my, my brothers and sisters here, is to refuse to live for temporary things, looking just the external things, the material things, to refuse to depend on our own efforts to come God, to think that our own spirituality is the one who will bring us close to God, to, be, to, to think that what we do help us to get close to God. The invitation here is to fix 
your eyes on Jesus means to fix your eyes on the things that you cannot see but are real more than the things that you can see now. The invitation is to run this race looking at Jesus. Jesus met the demands of Mount Sinai on Calvary. You remember Mount Sinai outside in the desert? Jesus went up to that mountain and he sacrificed himself there. And day he came back to tell us it is over. Remember Jesus was crucified outside of Mount Zion. He was crucified outside Jerusalem. <laughs> but now, Hebrews tells us that he's seated at the right hand of God the Father and he is interceding for you and for me. His blood is pleading for mercy for you and for me. So then, now we can come close to God. It is done. Now we can start enjoying the blessings of our love relationship with our Father. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for... No, honestly, we have no idea of all what we have been talking about right now. These are just merely descriptions of realities that we just are experiencing but not able to see them. We pray that you will give us the faith, that you will open our, uh, the eyes of, our, of the faith to see Jesus seated Inviting us to come to you in full confidence, in full assurance, without fear, without terror. To come to you who has promised many, many blessings. I pray, Lord, that we will not be like Esau who live, live for his pleasures for the moment. He sold his birthright just for a meal. Lord, help us to see the treasure that we have obtained in Jesus and to live for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's, let's stand and let's sing together these beautiful
beautiful song that said, We will feast in Zion. Amen. Amen.